Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Church Podcast. We're happy that you would join us for today's teaching. As a church, we're passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus, no matter who they are or where they are from. If you have any questions about Jesus, the church, or the teaching you're hearing today, please don't hesitate to contact us online at ericksoncovenant.ca. And now, let's listen to this week's teaching. Have you ever been part of a great team? Share it in the chat. Where did you experience that awesome team that you remember? Maybe it was at camp. I know that those of you who've worked in a camp setting know what it's like to serve on a great team, to pull together with sometimes people you've worked with long, but sometimes new people, and together pull off this awesome camp for teenagers or for youth, and it's unforgettable. Maybe it was a a work team or an advocacy advocacy group that you were part of, or maybe even something like a music team or a band. I was part of different music teams over the years, and I can remember some awesome teams where we just worked together so well, we were able to bring gifts to the mix and offer something beautiful and great and compelling to people. Being part of those teams is some of my strongest team experiences. Now, those of you who know me know that I'm not much of an athlete, and I'm not much of a sports guy. I don't really cheer for sports very much. I have a mild interest in a few different ones, but actually one of my great team experiences was when I played baseball as a kid. Now, I must have been quite young because I remember you aged out of this league when you were 12, so we were little guys. But we had this awesome year where we would come together, and I kid you not, we beat every team we met. We won every single game that year. Yeah, and now we felt like rock stars because it seemed to us that we were unbeatable. The truth was really this. We had a couple of indigenous kids on our team who were phenomenal at baseball. And whenever there was a problem, they would seem to get up to bat, shoot it over the fence. I kid you not, these were 11-year-olds who could hit a ball over the fence. And then we'd all run home and feel like we were the greatest ever. But it was an awesome team experience, and we walked away from that year champions of our little district. It was great. But I ask you, what kind of great teams have you been on? Or maybe more specifically, what makes a team great? I think there's at least two things. One is a compelling shared vision or a mission some purpose that this team has, something to overcome, something to achieve, something to do together. There's a focus to the team. And then second, of course, a dedicated group of people who are willing to pony up and do whatever it takes to achieve that goal or to pull off that camp or to climb that hill or to offer that concert or whatever that team was focused on. Purpose and the people. But something special happens, doesn't it, on these teams who work together for a common cause, particularly who have pulled together from maybe diverse backgrounds and overcome a lot of obstacles to achieve something great. Something happens. Not only do they achieve great things, greater than they ever could have anticipated, but they also deepen in their friendships with each other. People who hardly knew each other at the beginning have often become lifelong friends. There's a joining at the heart. 
a bonding that happens when people share a common cause, pulling together to make something happen that's greater than any one of them could have accomplished alone. Through mission, friendships are forged. And this, mission friends, is where we're going today. We come to the last of our four weeks our October series, where we've been exploring four key aspects of what it means to be covenanters, what it means to be part of the evangelical covenant church. We've been doing this so that we can kind of be reminded, or maybe for the first time, explore what it means to be part of this church fellowship, what it means to be part of the Erickson Covenant Church, because who we are shapes everything that we do. Our identity shapes our actions. And so I've been trying to just talk about four different aspects of what it means to be covenant so that we're reminded as we move forward as a church. So let's do a quick recap. First week, we looked at how we are connectional, that we are mission friends. And we really emphasize this friendship that we have, this desire, this need, this commitment we have to one another. The statement we had is that we will be in mission for Jesus together as friends. And the emphasis was on the friendship. Today we're coming full circle to the emphasis being on the mission, but not to diminish the friendship, but rather to enhance it. But sandwiched between today and that first week, we looked at how we are also biblical. That as a church, we affirm the centrality of God's word. And we are committed to living under the authority, under the influence of what God says through the Holy Scriptures. We also last week explored how we are devotional. That we aren't content just to know about God theologically. We actually need to know God experientially. And we want people who are part of our church or people who are in the community, not only to know things about God, but to actually experience God in their lives. Well, if you missed any of these services, I want you to know that they've been archived on our website. If you go to ericksoncovenant.ca and click around on the messages, you'll find previous services and you'll be able to catch up if you've missed them. Because today we're circling back to our original focus. We're going to focus on the mission side of being mission friends. Because the truth is, as the Erickson Covenant Church, we're not just a group of friends hanging out for a good time even though we do have a good time. We aren't just together so that we can care for each other's needs, although we do care for each other's needs. And we don't gather together just because we love to gather together. We're a bunch of, you know, party animals, as it were. But we do love to get together. All those things are true. They just aren't the sum total of who we are. No. Our friendship is shaped by our mission. Our mission from Christ focuses and deepens our friendship in Christ. They're interconnected. They're dynamically related. We are friends on mission, and this mission shapes and solidifies our friendships. So, the fourth aspect of what it means to be covenant is that we are missional. We are missional. Let's get clear. Mission is actually about God's goal. I know that phrase can be used a lot of different ways, but I want to be clear. God's mission is to bring renewal to all of creation through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. That's God's goal. That's what we explored all through the spring and summer in our series called Renewed. 
That's God's mission, to bring renewal to all creation through Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. Mission is not, first and foremost, ours. We're not the ones who decided this is what we should do. This is where we should go. This is the cause we'll grab a hold of. Rather, this is God's mission. And then he calls us as his people to join him in his mission. His mission to bring renewal to the world. As you'll hear around the Covenant Church, we put it this way. We join God in God's mission to see more disciples in more populations in a more caring and just world. I want to say that again because I want you to catch it. We join God in God's mission to see more disciples in more populations in a more caring and just world. This is God's mission. Well, before I get into some of our covenant history today, which I've been trying to do through this series, I want to root us in our own story. First, let's look at scripture, our missional identity from the story of Jesus himself. The scripture I want to turn us to is a scripture that I know I have brought us to before because it is so central to our understanding of what it means to be God's missional people. It's right at the end of the Gospel of John. John is the fourth of the story of Jesus in the New Testament. And it's toward the end, after Jesus has already died and rose again from the dead, and he's now showing up to his own disciples to show them that he's not dead anymore. He's alive, the real deal. And they're able to touch his body. He's able to eat food with them, be with them. This isn't a fictitious uh, hallucination, but this is the real Jesus with them back from the dead. So he shows up one night, and this is what he says to them. This is at the end of John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Why? Because there's holes in his hands and a hole in his side. It's really him. It's his real body. He showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And then here it is, friends. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is an important moment in the life of the church. Simply put, Jesus sent us. We are his sent people. But for what? Well, in this passage, our sending by Jesus is actually defined by his sending from the Father. Somehow, we are sent out like Jesus had been sent out. And to understand then what it means for us to be sent, what, I, uh, what it means for us to be on mission, part of God's missional people, we always have to go back to the Gospels, back to these stories about Jesus. Because we want to see how it was that he was sent by the Father. Because Jesus specifically said, he's sending us, in the same way that he had been sent. 
So to really grasp our missional identity, to get that down deep so that it is our identity and really truly shapes our actions, we need to constantly orient ourselves around the missional identity of Jesus Christ. We need to make the Gospels central to our understanding of our lives and our mission. So we go back to the Gospels and we ask questions like, how did Jesus understand his mission from the Father? How was he sent? How did he live that out? What sort of things did he focus on? What sort of things did he ignore? Why did he say the things he said? What did he say? All of these things as we get deeper, as we maybe even, like last week, continue to daydream in the Gospels, we might even get more clarity on these things. We'll try to see more deeply how Jesus understood his identity as missional. And then in turn, we understand our identity as missional from Jesus. His sending shapes our sending. The mission of Jesus needs to be done actually in the way of Jesus, in a way that's consistent with his character, with his plans, with his desires, with his actions, because how he did it influences how we do it. We're formed by how Jesus fulfilled his mission from the Father. But we're also formed by what he told us about our mission. Because along the way, as Jesus was teaching, as he was discipling his disciples, he was telling them about the mission that they had. Probably the simplest summary for our mission can be summarized by the two greats. We've often looked at the two greats over the years. What does it mean to be missional? Is Jesus missional? We pursue the great commandment which is to love God with our heart, mind, soul, strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus said this sums up all the law and the prophets. That can be found in Matthew 22 and other passages that are all rooted back in Deuteronomy chapter 6. But the first great is the great commandment. Love God and love our neighbor. But the second, of course, is the great commission, which is found at the end of Matthew Chapter 28, where Jesus told his disciples that all authority on heaven and earth had been given to him, and so go therefore into all the world and make disciples, followers of Jesus, who will continue to love God and love their neighbors, as Jesus had already said. Why do we identify missional as one of the four key identity aspects of what it means to be covenant? Well, it's because Jesus sent us as his missional people to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves and to make more disciples who do the same. This is what it means to pursue God's goal, God's mission, to renew all of creation through Christ by the Holy Spirit. Well, that roots us in scripture, but let me tell you a little bit about covenant history. I've been sharing some of the different influences we've had down through the years, whether it's the Reformation and Luther, whether it's the Pietist movement. But there was another group of Christians that spanned about the 9th century, right up into the 18th century, and they were called the Moravians. And now, many of us probably haven't heard of the Moravians, but they were quite a group of people. And they really emphasized joy in Christ, living a life of joy in Christ. They really emphasized uh, the unity that Christians have across uh, maybe theological lines and geographic lines and uh, even linguistic lines. They emphasized the unity that we have in Christ and the joy that we have in him. And their mission, it's so interesting, their mission was to people who had not yet experienced the joy of knowing Christ personally. 
And these group of Moravians, uh, this, this group as Moravians, were very influential in early covenanters, early pietists, so that there was a desire for others to experience the joy that we had discovered in Christ. Back in the early formation of the covenant itself, when uh, these mainly Swedes decided uh, things weren't working out, they had tried to maybe join some other groups and tried to figure out how are we going to be the church now that we're in Canada and we're in America. And so it eventually led to the formation of the covenant. And I want you to know that though we all understand that annual meetings can often be kind of boring, I get it. But this is important to note. At the very first annual meeting, of the Evangelical Covenant Church, which at the time was called the Swedish Evangelical Covenant Church of America, some big long handle, they actually commissioned a missionary at the very first meeting. That particular missionary was actually working with a, a, a mission to care for sailors who'd come into port on the East Coast. From all over the world, they ran a house of hospitality and care, showing them the love of Christ in very practical ways, as well as sharing the good news about Jesus with these sailors from all over the world. The very first annual meeting of a covenant, Brother Peterson was commissioned to be a missionary right there in the East Coast of the United States. Within the years that followed, the covenant would send other missionaries. In the early, early days of the covenant, missionaries were sent to Alaska, to China, around the world. The gospel continues to thrive among covenanters in many of those same places today. The mission of God led to a commitment to missions, both local and global. And this lies at the bedrock of who we are as the covenant church. You know, just eight years after the covenant church was formed, Chicago held the World's Fair. It was 1893. Chicago was recovering from the Great Fire, and they really wanted to bring Chicago back to the world. At the World's Fair, the Covenant represented themselves. I'm not sure if they had a booth or a multimedia display. I really don't know how it worked there at the 1893 World's Fair. But they were there representing the Covenant Church. And this is how these early Covenanters described themselves, described us, to others. I quote, the covenant is not a church organization in the ordinary sense, but a mission society having churches as its members. These churches have consolidated together because of the missionary spirit which led them to missionary enterprises too large for any single church to undertake. Do you hear that? They actually, this is all about being a team of churches to pull together and achieve the mission that God has given them that was larger than any one church could do. And God's mission, and therefore all the missions that flowed out from that, was never just about individual personal salvation. It wasn't just about a soul being saved and who cares what happens to the rest of them. God's mission was always about the whole person, their whole life, the renewal of all in Christ. And that's why from the very start of the covenant and continuing today, we've always understood mission and practiced mission as a covenant church in this inseparable combination of evangelism and compassion. Those have always been together. And I'm very thankful for this because, friends, that's not always been true in the church. It's not always been true in churches, particularly in the last hundred years. I don't know if some of you are familiar with some of the broader um, history, I guess, of the church, particularly in North America. 
But in the 1920s, 1930s, there was something that has been deemed the fundamentalist liberal split of the church. And there was lots of historic factors for that and pressures and various things. But what it resulted in was a split in the churches where some churches, deemed more liberal, would pursue what they called the social gospel, which was actively caring for the the needs of people stuck in poverty or people locked in in, in brutal situations. And they were caring for them in beautiful Christ-like ways. But they tended to focus only on the physical needs and gradually dropped this good news message about Jesus, about sharing what he has done through his death and resurrection and that we can respond to him and be in this right relationship with God. So the social gospel folks tended to care only for the physical needs and deny the rest of the person. In that sense, failing to make disciples who really would help others love God and love their neighbors as themselves and make more disciples who did the same. Well, unfortunately, the fundamentalists tended to care then only for the individual uh, spiritual side of things and ignore much of the, the real things that were going on in their lives, the poverty, the hurt, Uh, the broken things that they experienced in their lives and and the message they received more from the fundamentalist side was, well, we'll just get your ticket punched to heaven and the rest will be somehow taken care of. This split affected many, many different churches. One of the beautiful parts of our history in the covenant church is that the covenant never bought into that false dichotomy. This split between caring for the needs of people physically and, as it were, caring for the needs of people spiritually is something you don't see in the Gospels. You don't see in the life of Jesus. And through our history as a church, the big church, over many, many uh, hundreds of years, that split wasn't there. And I'm so happy that part of our covenant history is that they didn't buy it. They said, no, that's just not true. Following Jesus means we tell people the good news about who Jesus is and what he has done and that we can respond to him and be in right relation with God and we care for the whole person. We, we try to bring care to places where there's broken. We, we, we try to make right where there's injustice and we try to pursue wholeness in all of life because we believe the mission of God is to see renewal come to all of creation through Christ by the Spirit. We are his hands and feet. We join him in that mission. As God's missional people, we participate in the mission. Or, as I've already said, we join God in God's mission to see more disciples in more populations in a more caring and just world. Well, let me end with some application. Each week I've been asking a covenant question, and I have one more to go with this one. And this is it. This is the covenant question I have for this week. Where can we join God in his mission? This is a good question to ask yourself, to ask each other in your community group, in your small group, maybe even now online. Where can we join God in his mission? I want to talk about two places where I think we can. But before we do that, let me remind you, the first thing we need to do is accept the fact that that is our identity. We are God's missional people. You and I have been called to participate in God's mission. And so if you have questions about that, I invite you to dig into the Gospels, to dig into the Scripture, to talk about it with friends, and ask yourself, do I believe this is true? Is this part of not only our church identity, but my identity as a follower of Jesus? And if you're exploring faith today, know this. 
Part of what it means to follow Jesus is to join him in his mission. We often use the phrase around the Erickson Covenant Church that we are committed to help people find and follow Jesus. And when we talk about the mission of Jesus today, that's what it means to follow him. And so this maybe gives you more clarity on your own faith journey. But first, accept your identity and calling into mission. And then look, pray for it, ask God to help you, but look around for where the Spirit is at work. The Spirit is the ultimate missionary, and He is at work in our community. He's at work in your family. He's at work in your workplace or your school, wherever you are. Look for His work, and when you see it, join Him there. There's lots to explore in there, but those are the three movements I want you to hear. Accept that this is our identity. Look around for where the Spirit is at work, and then join Him in that. But where is that? I don't know where it is for you exactly, and I invite you to ask this question deeply. Ruminate, meditate, pray through it, discuss it. But I believe that as a church, there are at least two areas where God is at work, where we can join him in his mission. First, God is at work online. He's at work online. The fact that you are sitting listening to this right now is proof of that. And one of the things that we've noticed world over as a result of COVID, is that more than ever, the good news about Jesus is being shared online and people are discovering God in his goodness and his love through an online platform. Friends, God is at work online. And I know that for some of us, this has been a stretch. It's been a challenge. It's been like we've had to learn a new language And we've had to adopt new patterns. And we've had to figure out how an iPad works. And we've had to figure out how do we log on to this thing. And do I really want to chat in the chat bar? I get it. I really do. But friends, the truth is God is at work online. There are literally thousands upon thousands of alpha groups being offered online all around the world. And people are coming to know Jesus through those online alphas. We've had one here already through all the ongoing um, services and messages being offered, the way the gospel is being shared through just simple FaceTime conversations and, and through Zoom chats and Zoom Bible studies. Friends, God is at work online. The mission of God is being shared online. And so the challenge for us is to say, if we see that that's happening, how can we join God in what he's doing online? I ask you that question. As the Erickson Covenant Church, we are very deliberately pursuing church online, even as we also plan to have some in-person gatherings. We are pursuing church online because we believe that God is at work online, that this is a new way that God is planting his work in people's lives. You know, this service, the one that you're part of right now, is actually a way that God is providing yet another opportunity for someone to discover who Jesus is, for people to find and follow him. And so identifying this, God is at work online, invites you to join him in that. Does that mean you need to invite someone to watch with you? Does that mean you need to share it through your social media platforms? Does that mean you need to begin to pray more intentionally about how the Erickson Covenant Church online can reach more people in this valley? People that never would have darkened the doors of this physical building, but now are watching through this screen. 
God is at work online. How can we join him in that? And the second is this. God is at work in your neighborhood. The other side effect for many of us during COVID is that we have been living more locally. (laughs) Some of you, I know, are bemoaning the fact that you're not able to skip town when the white stuff comes and go down south already. Friends, God is at work in your neighborhood even when the snow flies. Some others, uh, we realize that we've got less activities away from home. We're traveling less. We're more local. Friends, that's an opportunity because God is at work in your neighborhood. He's at work behind closed doors. He's at work at the tables where we eat. He's at work around the, the barbecues and the backyard fires and the conversations over the fence or over the gate. He's at work in the neighborhoods where you walk where you walk with your kids or your dogs or you play, ride, run. God is at work in your neighborhood. And so where, how will you join him in his mission right where you live? God has called you where you live. He's placed you where you live. He's at work in your neighborhood. How are you going to join him in your neighborhood? Listen, God's mission encompasses all of creation. His desire to see his renewal come through Christ and by the Spirit. He calls us into that. It's so beautiful to be part of what God is doing. And I hope that today you've been able to capture a vision for that. Our vision as an Erickson Covenant Church to help people find and follow Jesus, it wraps all of this together. We want people to find and follow Jesus so they can experience the joy that we've experienced and are experiencing in Christ so that they can join the family of Jesus and become our mission friends. That as we pursue God's goals for the world and we're bonded in this friendship, we will see more disciples in more populations in a more caring and just world. That's God's desire and it's his calling that he's given to us. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for giving us your mission, for sending us as you were sent by your Father. And I simply ask that you, by your Holy Spirit, would fill us as the Erickson Covenant Church, that we would truly love you with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, love our neighbors as ourselves, and make more disciples who do the same. All of this for your glory and for our neighbor's good. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, just before I'm done here, I just want to let you know as we move into November, I'm going to be launching a brand new teaching series that comes out of the little letter of 1 John, and it's called Living True. Uh, I'm really excited about this series because I think it's really going to grip us. It's going it's to move us from where we are into the future that God has for us. And so I just invite you to continue to join Church Online Sundays at 7 or Tuesdays at 7, and if you're watching the archived video later, uh, email us at connect, connect at ericksoncovenant.ca, and we'll send you that link if you haven't found it yet for the church online so that you can join us during those broadcast services. But I invite you to continue to join in. As I've already talked about, God is at work online. Join us at church online, Sundays at 7, Tuesdays at 7. We also want you to know that as of November 1st, next week, there'll be an opportunity for some of you to begin attending in person uh, during our services. It won't be a big number. We know that. But some of you will be able to. And so watch for a link so that you can RSVP to that because we're only allowed to bring a limited number together. The rest of us will continue to experience what God is doing through church 
online. I'm excited for what God has. Well, let me send you with this beautiful benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope today's teaching provided you with life-changing truth and valuable insight. We hope you've learned of some practical steps forward in your spiritual journey, whether you're finding Jesus for the first time or you have been following him for years. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by what you heard today? We invite you to share this podcast so they can be encouraged too. For more information or to ask more questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Erickson Covenant Church.